And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Oh, that's right, baby. That's UFC 278. But you know what beats 278, Josh? 280. And this is the 280th episodes of the Wing In Podcast. We have passed the UFC. I don't know if it really counts, but I'm going to go with it. How you doing, brother? I was doing good. I want everyone to. Rem- I want everyone to hear this. John blew the intro and. Podcast Dave actually used the Josh Thompson intro song, and I was all for it. And then John blew it, and you said it was two eighteen for I our thought he said two eighteen. Because like, 218. Podcast Dave, right. even though he's from Scotland, doesn't speak a lick of he English. Doesn't speak one goddamn <laughs> word of he English. He said two eighty, John. Two eighty. Two eighty. Two eighty. Not two eighteen. It's two eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well at least we John... know both of you don't watch the show back <laughs> no man this is <laughs> josh just this loads it good point pause. dave I good do. point josh no, loads I... it presses pause I... and then scrolls down to the comments <laughs> i play it through over and over and over just because i'm reading the comments that's it you guys i love the it, comments man. And because he's trying guys. to get ads to play so that he can get up the revenue. I'm smart, man. I run it on every computer all night on re, just replay over and over. Boom. Look, um, there's a lot to talk about. You've got the UFC coming up. You've got PFL <clears throat> over in the UK. There's some good stuff, man. There's some good fights. There's a lot of news, guys, that we just haven't been able to cover because there's been so much fight action. John and I were traveling. But uh, there's a lot going on. And for once, for once in the last, I'd say, month or two, we are filming in the evening instead Ooh. of getting yawning Josh Thompson at like 4.30 in the morning to drop this thing to you guys at, you know, 8 a.m. East Coast time or 9 a.m. East Coast time. So we are feeling fresh. I just got some food in me and uh, had some good workouts today. I'm feeling pumped, man. I'm feeling pumped. Okay. There's a lot to talk about. Talk a little bit about Bo Nickel. Talk about Shane Burgos and PFL. Talk Hello. about Dom and, Al- and Angela Hill. 175, 190, the discrepancy in pay. I mean, not discrepancy. Hold just on, hold on. Why is there a discrepancy in pay there? There's not. There's not. There's not. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I, okay. Maybe I misused the word. Okay. You thank gotta, you very you much. Got, you got to you gotta know what it means, though, first. Angela <laughs> Hill and, deserves and, and, everything she gets. Absolutely. She has been there and been a freaking stud for that promotion i think josh was just referring to the championship ring yeah, and all that stuff yeah it's kind of the championship money kind of, that's what i was yeah that to. championship money um, went away when he lost the championship but we didn't we didn't we didn't also talk um the other day either about Roy mcdonald and his retirement because it the news dropped right after we got done yeah. filming at 4 a.m so mm-hmm. we wanted to uh basically go back through some news there's a bunch of other new fight announcements as well so this show is going to be packed you guys are in store for uh some big stuff and also, we've got the whole um, waiting on the odds because I know a lot of people in the comments, and I read them. I know John doesn't, but you know, podcast Dave. I know now that he does because he's like, "Oh yeah, people are so mad that we we don't do it for all the shows and we don't do it," you know. <laughs> and uh, so now I know podcast Dave actually does read it. He just lies about it. Okay, at least I admit it. Um, but we're gonna talk about betting. You know, waiting on the odds at mybookie.ag with our promo code Wayne in. So let's just jump right into it, John. Let's go. Let's go with the PFL because they come first. No, no, no. Um, okay, let's go with no. the PFL, but I'm going to go with the PFL and Rory McDonald. Okay, let's do that. that is where Rory McDonald has fought his last fight. And I, and I just want to say that, look, Rory McDonald has been an incredible 
fighter throughout his time. Yeah, people don't realize. I, I believe that Rory's first fight it was in Lethbridge, Canada, which is a place I've been to quite often. Lee Main has got a uh, school there. He teaches MMA. His son Jordan, great fighter, and I believe that Jordan and Rory both at seventeen and sixteen, I think, fought each other. I'm not sure if that's his first fight. It's close, though. I believe. But it, it, then it would. It, What's third. that? Okay, third. Yeah, see that? That's yeah. Rumble in the cage. That would have been up in in Lethbridge, and man, you look back at both of those guys. No one would have had a concept of how good both of those guys are as fighters. But you got to give it up to Roy McDonald. What a career he had! You know, he put on some of the greatest performances at times that you could ever ask from someone. He showed you heart. He showed you will throughout his career. You know, ups and downs. He did become the Bellator welterweight champion, so he he became a world champion. All I can, all I want to do is say, hey man, congratulations on an incredible career. Congratulations on your retirement. You deserve it. I hope that you are, you know, happy with what you accomplished. And I know that you know you have so much left. Whatever you do next in life, if you put in half of what you put into the fighting, you're going to be a huge success. So. God bless you and your family, brother. There is, um, <clears throat> there's a lot that I can say because I have talked about this on this podcast. I don't know how many times, John, but there's fights in a career that that people remember you for, but there's also fights in a career where you've left a part of your soul in there. You've no, left no. a part of you in that cage. And we can all sit here and say that it was the Robbie Lawler fight for him. He had some battles. He had some wars. And I remember the very first time I ever saw him fight was against Carlos Condit, where he whooped Carlos Condit's ass for his first fight. I believe it was, it was his first debut in the UFC. In the UFC. He yep. whooped his ass for 14 minutes and 50 seconds. He was beating him. And had that fight went the distance, he, he would have ended up beating Carlos Condit for his first fight. That's how much. Just I want people to remember this. That's how much... The UFC saw, and they said, hey, this kid's really good. Before he even got to the UFC, and they didn't just throw this young guy in there. He was 20, I think he was 20 years old at the time. He might have been 21. He was young. He was young. He was, I think, 20 or 21 years old at the time that he fought him. Well, you could you could figure it out. So eight and nine, No, no, you nine, can figure nine. it out. I can't do it with the math. Okay? <laughs> but 21? He was, 20, I think, 21. 20 or 21 years old. He was he was a stud right from the get-go. We all as you if you're watching that fight, you're thinking to yourself, and that was another fight that he left a little bit of himself in there at the very end at such a young age, and he still powered through and came and came out, you know, fighting for the titles. Came up and came up short. Yep. But John, there's there's moments in my career, not my career, there's moments in my in my life uh, that I have in, in terms of MMA fighting and fighters and fights. And him and Robbie are at the top. When someone says, what are some fights that I can do? When I meet somebody on an airplane and they say, what's a fight that I can watch that uh, would make me really want to watch it? That's usually the first one that comes out of my mouth. Usually the first one. Yeah. You know, there's other ones in there. Don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah, I can absolutely. go on to it all. I can be a little biased and throw my second fight with Gil in there. You know, but I lost, so I keep my mouth shut normally about that. <laughs> but in terms of Robbie, in terms, in terms of Rory McDonald... And I reached out to him and I told him and said, "Hey, there's a lot of memories in my in, in of of me remembering fights, and you, my man, are right up there at the very top. I 
I'm, it's been a pleasure to be to have been able to watch your fights, to be around you for some of your fights. He is a, without saying it disrespectfully, he's a dog. He's someone that will oh. stand there and trade. He's he's one of the most talented, well-rounded fighters that ever stepped foot in the cage, and he deserves all the respect than anyone that could ever give him. He never talked a lot of trash. He did no. some some crazy weird posts sometimes with the was it the Lima fight where he <laughs> yeah. had like yeah the the guy in the in whatever smashing someone's face or skull in in the in the you know in the forest. It was pretty cool. But look, overall, can't take anything never take anything away from him. He is a great person. He's a family man. Um he is someone that I would always tune in and love to watch fight. So I want you. I want to wish you a very good, happy retirement. Life after fighting is definitely so much fun, so much fun. And uh, I believe that he obviously he's a very smart young man. He's been. I'm sure he's been good with his money. He seems like he's got a really good head on his shoulders. He's got a, a lovely family, and I want to wish him the very best in everything he does after fighting. So, yeah, you, you talk about that. I just sent Dave a picture. And I don't know if he can put it up, but it's not going to, if, if I don't explain it, no one would understand what it is, but those are the bottom, the bottoms of the shoes that I was wearing during that fight. And I got home and you figure I walked, you know, I took them off after the show and, but I walked everywhere throughout the uh, arena and stuff. Take a look at the blood on the bottom of those shoes. That is from that fight. That is a lot when you think about where I walked and everything, you could see how much was actually dumped out on that canvas. And that's both Robbie and Rory. But, you know, both of those guys, that fight, there are fights that, you know, you you have ones like Gotti Ward. That is a Gotti Ward of MMA. That fight that they had was just incredible. And it took two guys coming together with the right attitudes, the right wills to win, you know, unbelievable skill sets and just a never-ending "I will not quit" attitude uh, that both of them had. And, you know, like I, 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 re- I reached out and put something to Rory. Said, "Hey, man, I just want to tell you thank you for allowing me to be part of something special because I was lucky to be the third guy in a fight that you and Robbie did that you know, I'll never forget." So, like I said, he's got so much left. And if he just puts half of what he put into his fighting career, he's going to be a huge success. So whatever it is he decides to do. All right, we got PFL again coming from Great Britain, I would say. It's London, England. We got Kayla Harrison facing off against Martina. I'm going to say it wrong, Jindrova. Here comes the problems again. And this is why the PFL was trying to uh do a contract over social media with chris cyborg but kayla harrison uh taking on jindrova it's it's the main event i can't say anything bad about kayla harrison she's a stud tough good fighter they just can't find her good competition just being honest yeah i don't understand why they don't pressure her to go to 145 as much as at 55 and so she's going to be fighting the same people but she'll just be a little bit more depleted to make the odds a little bit closer i don't know i'm just i'm thinking of ways to make her fights a little bit more interesting to sell it to the public um 
Look, Kayla Harrison is the real deal. She's a she very is. talented, talented fighter. And I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that, that, um, I mean, that like she, she has competition. She has none. She's no competition whatsoever. Not there. You know, there, there, and we've said this over and over. There's, there's two other girls, two other females. Okay. that can fight her. There's Cyborg and there's Amanda. That's it. That's all At there 145. is. At 145. At 145 or 155. Yeah. yeah. They can you both know what? Go to I, I honestly, would, I'd like to see her fight Arlene Blanco too. That wouldn't be a bad fight to me. I mean, look, Arlene proved if she has a full camp, how how she was able to get a full camp against uh, Cyborg in that last one. Remember, she's got two kids, or she she has a kid who's in college. She's got a younger son also, or finishes college already. She's she was never fully dedicated or not being able to be dedicated. Now that the both children are older, she's been able to travel, been able to spend. Weeks on end at Jackson Wings. Been able to really hit the improvements that she's been trying to. And I'm just throwing her name in the hat. Look, it's not going to happen. But I'm just simply no. saying, if there's another, if the same Arlene showed up to fight, if she was able to get out of that first round, I could see it being a great fight for four more rounds. And so uh, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see her thrown in the mix as well. There's a couple in there. Uh, Julia Budd. Well, Julia's over there. I get it. They haven't made that it? fight. Julia, you know, has, she hasn't made it to where they'd want to because she lost her fight. I think she's only had the one. She may have had two. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I mean, John, there's not there's not a lot. There's not a lot there. There's just not a lot there. You know what I mean? So I I, I would love, I'm going to sit there and continue to watch her fight because I want them to feel that she's continuing to get the support that she deserves. So we hopefully one day we can see that fight happen between Cyborg and her. Or Amanda and her. I mean, I would love to see her go to the UFC, Kayla Harrison. I would love to see um, Cyborg or Kayla Harrison come to Bellator. Or I would love to see um, Cyborg go to PFL and fight her there. Yeah. I know that both promoters are keen on doing cross promotions. It's happened several times. But I, I just wonder if it's going to actually happen. This is one of those moments where Dana White's not really involved. If you want to have Kayla Harrison and you want to have Cyborg fight... Just do it. Neither promotion loses because <laughs> they, they both they both understand that there's nothing really at stake. Yeah. Because you really just get rid of the division after that. That's the only fight there is left to see in this sport at 145. There's not there's no other fights to see. Maybe I'd like to see Amanda and Cyborg, but that's never gonna happen. We're talking about Kayla Harrison. I'd like to see Amanda and Kayla. But if Cyborg beats her, then you're not gonna see that. If she beats uh, Cyborg, then you could potentially see that. How would they structure the deal? Would it be that, that Kayla Harrison goes to the, to Bellator. Do they do a cross promotion? How Ryzen and Bellator do, they do a cross promotion for their fights? Is that what we see? What do you think we see? I don't know. I'm just I, I this is the only thing I know. It needs to happen. Yeah. And I don't and, and I'm being honest, I don't care if Kayla comes over to Bellator. I don't care if Chris goes over to PFL. I care that I get to see them compete against each other and do it now within the year. I don't want to see this drag out and then two and a half years down the road, oh, now we're going to do it and things have changed and everything. Stop with all of that. Let's figure out you know, how it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, and make it happen. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm being honest when I say this. Kayla Harrison deserves, in my opinion, that type of competition. She deserves it. She, she has come out multiple times and said, you know, I mean, the, 
the greatest words that another competitor could say is, look, I want to fight you. I have that much respect for you that I, I want to fight you to prove how good I am. What more could you ask for? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what a real, you know, competitor wants to do. And I, and I look at it and I go, all the bullshit aside, just make this thing happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, if it's a PFL, make it a PFL. If it's a Bellator, make it a Bellator. It's not going to happen at the UFC. I'm just, you know, knowing the way that yeah. that's going to be. Dana's not going to do that, especially now that Amanda again is their champ champ. That's not going to happen. And so that's okay. But make it happen with Kayla and Chris. I think it needs to happen. I, I would just say the PFL needs to do it in a more competent fashion than doing it over social media. Yeah. That's all. It was almost like trying to put them on the spot, but it's yeah, and it's not going to work. Yeah, but when you do things like that, right? Um, <clears throat> Cyborg still under contract. That's basically yeah, she can't. You know, that's, that could be a violation of contract. okay. Oh, no, it could be a you're it's, it's you are doing be, something that is not legal. Basically, yeah. you're yeah, going to end up getting a cease and desist letter from somebody yeah. saying, "Hey, you know you can't do that. Stop." Yeah. And so yeah, you can't do that. That's poaching know. somebody else's talent. Yeah, but call Scott Coker. Make yeah. it happen. I agree. But look, all this stuff is a mute point if she doesn't get past Jindrova. So it, it, you want to put you, you want to put dinner on this? No, no, no. I'm not. <laughs> See, John, John was trying I, to on, catch me in these on. dumb bets. I know. No, no, no. I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, well, if you had said it in reverse, I go, no, no, thank no. you. <laughs> um. All right, but look, good luck to Kayla Harrison. It should be um. See how you know it really comes down to how should we how she can try to get this fight to the ground. Yeah. How how much hard, how much of a difficult time will she have getting to the ground? Will we see ground and pound? Will we see a submission? Will we see, you know, what will we see out of her? Will we see her well, stand, trying to stand a little bit more. Who knows? Uh, well, maybe, but let's just be honest. You know, Jinrova has two losses. One of those is based upon a scarf hold, Kazakatami from judo, which I think Kayla's pretty goddamn good with. You know, same as Ronda used to use it. Normally, we don't like to see it much in MMA because you can take someone's back if, you know, but if you're really good with it, and you can keep that person back flat. Not an easy position to be in. And I'm sure that uh, Kayla has looked at that and gone, all right. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Next fight. You got Chris this Wade. This is a fight. This could be a good fight. This is a fight. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, one is. Brendan Lonane. I can't want to say Lohan, but every time it's Lonane. Yeah, but so, it, I think he pronounces it Lohan. Does he? Okay. Yeah, I believe okay. so. Okay. All right. Well, Brendan, Brendan Lohan. <laughs> Brennan versus Chris. <laughs> Brennan versus Chris. Perfect. That's the way Look, I do This it. is going to be Chris is he honestly he is really in the last two um, seasons, even though he's come up short, he has gotten better every single season. It yeah. seems like he's he's right on track to winning this thing. He's just got to get past. Uh, he's just got to get past get into this finals. He's got to get past that finals. He's had a hard time in the finals the last two times. Two goes around, I believe. It's just been he's just been in that position where. It hasn't gone his way. He's talented. We know he's talented. He's got good wrestling. He was able to out wrestle Bubba Jenkins last time they last go around last season. He just had some good dominant positions. And Brendan Lohane, like he's just got to keep this thing on the feet and just stay long with it. You can't afford to be inside that pocket with Wade and then potentially getting clinched and taken down and bullied around and those type of things. Good I think point. he's got a good chance of. Stay in law with his striking, and when you get into those clinches, make space, keep your hips off, keep your hips away from his, and keep your back off the fence. It's gonna take. It's a tough task. I'm gonna be honest. It's a tough task for Lohane. 
It's a tough task. I got Chris probably being able to pull this one out. But look, Brendan Lohan's a dog. He's someone that he'll go ahead and throw down. He'll throw. And he's got power. He's got power. But he'll give that's it all not. he's got. And they, there's no quitting him either. He's a, he's someone that's going to be there. If Chris doesn't fight smart, Chris overlooks him at all, you should expect, expect for Brendan Lohan to have a good round or good or good fight. And that's not where Chris needs to be. Chris needs to be dominating through this and getting on to the finals. Yeah, not an easy thing to do. And not an easy thing to do in Brennan's backyard. You know, this is a this is a fight where he's going home. He can uh, have people there to uh, spur him on and cheer him on. Chris Wade, I would tell you, the more complete mixed martial artist. Yeah. But... Brendan has plenty of ways that, and like you're saying, if he can keep this thing long and make Wade shoot from the outside, not allow him to get into the clinch, not get into those situations where he's able to drop down into the legs, he's got a very good chance to win this fight. The, look at the featherweight division for PFL, that, that's their sweet spot. They've got some really good, good fighters. Now, they got them in other weight classes too, but overall, I would say it's their deepest weight class they have is the featherweights, and this is a great matchup. And then you got Pacheco against um, Helena. How do you say her last name? Kolesinki. Kolesink. Kolesink. Uh, Pacheco's looked good. Her last fight, she looked really good, and so she's I'm tough for her to yeah for she's, her to continue on what she's doing. She's the only person that's you know taken Kayla Harrison twice. You know, gone the distance with her. Got you know lost unanimous decisions, but has gone the distance with her. Um, I don't think that Kolesink has a lot to offer in this fight against Pacheco. I don't think her striking is strong enough. Uh, Grappling-wise, decent, but mm. not, not. I'm just going to say, Larissa Pacheco should be moving on and facing somebody in the finals. We'll see. John is, how do you say his, his first name, Ryoji Kudo? Kudo, so yeah. Kudo versus Bubba Jenkins. Now, I'm assuming that these these two featherweights, these are the semifinals. Yes, that's the so other you side could of the bracket. Yeah, you could potentially see Bubba Jenkins versus Chris Wade. Chris Wade, finals. yep, absolutely. They had a tough Russian guy there last year or the year before. I think it was last year. Yeah. The one that beat Chris Wade. He won. Where did he, where did he go? I'm not positive. I, don't th- I, didn't, I didn't see him this year in uh, PFL. Hmm. Interesting. I don't, know. I don't recall. I don't recall seeing him either. Um, his name was. That's it right there. That's, that's right here. Yeah, no, Movlid. See where he's fighting. He, Pull he him up real fought. quick. He hasn't yeah, fought. that was his last fight. So maybe he got hurt. Nineteen and zero. Interesting. Yeah. Movlid. He's good. Yeah, he's real. Good. He's done. <laughs> it was real good. It was throwing yeah. me off to see him have such a dominant performance against Chris Wade last year, and I was well. He beat he, to him. he. You figure he beat both Chris and he beat Brendan before that. Yes. So yeah. Um. Good stuff. So um. But Bubba could end up potentially being in the finals against Chris Wade again. So that can make for a fun, fun action-packed fight. What we saw last time was the two of them wrestling each other to death. I mean, Bubba had just come off of his win of out-wrestling Lance Palmer and then yep. fought Chris, and then Chris out-wrestled him. You know, and it was more of a dirty style of wrestling. I thought he had one, I thought he had one between that. Who, Bubba? He? Yeah. I don't think so. Oh, Chris or Bubba? No, Bubba. Uh, I don't Go over to so. Bubba real quick. Didn't he have one between that... um, Lance Palmer? Did he? I think so. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Bobby right, Moffitt. Bobby Moffitt. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, all right, all right. My bad, my bad. Come, it's okay. Down, I'm just down. making sure that Still we're covering trap memory for that old be- man. There you because go. Because you know what's going to happen is someone's going to call you out in the comments saying, yes. Josh, he yeah. fought Bobby Moffat. See, now oh, it's coming. You know what's funny is those We just guys took that- one comment away. Hindsight's 50-50. All they do is go back and they start looking it up. Oh, my God. I knew I was right. <laughs> you're, you're also the one guy who's friends with Bobby Moffat, too. <laughs> that's that's why. Yeah, that's oh, man, it's great. But look, uh, right. that should be a good. I don't I don't know anything about anything about uh, Kudo. Maybe you do. I'm sorry. I can't speak. I have much watched on him, him guys. fight. OK, I, I don't recall watching him fight. Uh, but Bubba, good sub- go ahead. Good submission. Good stand up. He's well-rounded. You know, Bubba's got the wrestling, no doubt. He's the better wrestler. He can keep the fight where he wants. Mm-hmm. It's just a question of how comfortable is Bubba on the feet against Kudo. We're going to find out. I think he'll, I honestly think he's going to do well in the fight. Bubba or Kudo? Bubba. Okay. He'll do well I think, in the fight. I think, I think Bubba's going to be fine. His confidence seems to be coming around. He's been, he's been getting some close fights. He's been dominating some fights. Uh, you know, his loss last, uh, last year to, to Chris Wade. It wasn't a it wasn't a domination, but it was there was some good scrambles in there. But Chris did he you know, I think pulled ahead in the end. He got, yeah, he pulled he got ahead, tired. Bubba pulled got tired. Yeah, and that's been Bubba's a little bit of Bubba's history. Yeah, you know, and it could happen utilize, in this one. Doesn't utilize his wrestling as much as he should because he is afraid of getting tired. He's he's a stud, man. He, he's that guy that just you know he's right there and he can live up to his potential. He's just not quite hasn't quite got that 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 big stage yet. That big top fight. So he's that guy, man. I wish the best for Bubba, man. I like him as a person. Good guy. Uh, any other fights on this card you want to talk about? I know I want to talk about one is the Marcin Held and the Miles, Miles Price. Price. Miles, Miles Price is trained at AK, so I know him. Yep. I roll with him quite a bit. He's tall, long, and lanky for the size, for the weight class. He's uh he's a little bit of a he's real frustrating kind of because he's kind of awkward. He, you know, he can take a shot too. He's got a pretty good chin. He's uh his grappling's a little bit better than it comes on to be. I've trained with him and grappled with him and go, man, like I've had him caught in so many submissions, but you gotta be careful with him, understanding that he doesn't tap easy. And so if you blow yourself up, he'll still be there at the end. Uh his conditioning and cardio is pretty good. He's a tough he's a tough fighter. He's yeah. not great in any one area, nope. but he's enough to get But he's fits. good everywhere, good enough, yeah. and he, he is mentally tough and he stays in the fight. And he, we- he mentally breaks people down, and he wears them down, and he comes up with the win. And he's a good fighter. True, true story, John. First time I ever spar with him, right? We were we were doing some sparring with um in the in the red room, which is like the lighter sparring. And I was just piecing him up. I'm like, dude, this guy's slow. He's not this. He's not. He doesn't hit hard. But by like, the, he just kept walking forward. And by and I, I was I wasn't in tip top shape. I was like just kind of getting back into sparring, getting back into training after I think I had fought. And he just kept walking forward. I was hitting him with knees. Like, I was like, knees that would normally drop people or, you know, and I'm like, this guy just kept coming forward. So I finally just took him down. I was like, all right, I'm done standing with you because you can take a shot and you don't seem like anything. And so sort of ground and pound him, hammer fisted him. I was like, and he just kept trying to shoot submissions and he's long. So he, got, he likes to hit that, you know, he likes to come underneath and try to attack leg locks and he uses that to get on top. And I was like, man, this son of a bitch, he's tough. He's tough. Like, yeah, he, he don't look the part. He, he's very nice, very respectful. And I, but I just remember at one point after he, had, 
we had got into a leg and I ended up getting on top. I got stuck on bottom for about a minute, minute and a half. I was super pissed. So I got back on top and I just remember pushing him to the fence and to the wall and just letting go some heavy ground pounds. I'll show you. I didn't even know who the fuck he was. Never heard of him before. I remember my life. I just started like hitting him a little bit harder than I should have been. But I was putting, laying down some leather on him. And then I remember helping him up after. I'm like, man, I'm sorry, dude. I was just, I was, you frustrated me. He's like, He's like, yeah, I have that effect sometimes on people. <laughs> well, and then then later I hear the story that he came over because he apparently, like the whole Khabib in, in thing happened. I guess whatever. He came oh, you know, yeah. and that, that made him out to be this total thing. And so it was kind of like right around that time where he's like, yeah, you know, I was training the SPG and then now I'm here and there's a lot of, you know, this, you know, hate towards me. And I'm like, I was like, hey, it makes you feel better, man. I don't know who the hell you are. <laughs> just, I didn't know, but I could see why you're frustrated as hell. I was so yeah. pissed. I was like, "Who's this kid?" But he, you know, we go he ahead. does need to look out for the leg locks against hell, though. Yes, yes. But he is. Uh, but Marcin Hell's good. He's dead. Oh, but yeah. here's the. He's, but look, we've talked about this. Taking too many shots. Not just taking too many shots. When someone has figured out how to beat you, it's a pattern, and people now have figured out how to beat you. Yep. That's it. Once yep. once they have seen that what you bring to the table and what you offer there's they they don't change they don't steer away from that game plan they just stick with it stay long keep your back off the fence defend the takedown at all costs defend the submission attempts at all costs get out and away from you it's easier said than done i know but if we can survive that first two and a half minutes of your leg leg lock onslaught we're good once the sweat bears on we're good no we don't have to worry about the rest of it yeah. and that's kind of the that's been the mmo for a lot of the people that have fought marcin hell yeah, so let's, absolutely. We'll see if I mean, carry you, on with Miles. With Miles, you, you can go and go back into Bellator when he was there, and he fought Michael Chandler there, and he had Michael Chandler in a straight knee bar that was on cranking. Chandler was just tough enough to put up with it. Finally, get out and all that gas of trying to get that leg lock, you know, secured and everything. Marcin has the tendency; he's a fast twitch guy, and he tends to burn out pretty quick. And as soon as his arms get heavy and his legs get heavy from trying to hold on, things start to go downhill. So the real thing here is, you know, Miles Price, like he did with you, he just needs to frustrate him, you know, let the fight get into the, you know, the later rounds, take, drag him into deep waters. That's mm -hmm. the game plan on beating Marcin Hill, and it's worked. One of the little guy I'm going to give a shout out to because maybe you don't remember him. I don't think you do. You don't call his fights. I started calling his fights in the earlier um, Bellator Euro series. Mm -hmm. Is Uchegbu? He's six and zero. Oh, good, good jujitsu guy. Very tall. He's kind of tall, long, and lanky. Real toothpicky looking for it for the weight class. But he's he's really good submissions. Good. He's very aggressive. Comes real aggressive with the submission attacks nonstop. Good little fighter. Uh, not great on the feet. It's okay. But he's got great transitions from the wrestling to the submissions, and he's he'll go and go six and zero. Oh, uh, I don't know anything about his his opponent, who is apparently uh, Zabizu uh, Ruiz. So, um, but I don't, I don't know anything about him. But he seems like he's got a little bit more experience. Ten and three, that's a lot. That's quite a bit, double the amount of fights. Um, so I mean, that should be. I mean, I, I Uchebu is just fun. If you're looking for someone to kind of watch on the ground, see for an exciting finish in terms of submissions, check him out. That's going to wrap Sounds up our good. PFL talk. And so let's jump right into uh, the UFC, bud. Ooh. Ooh. Here Ooh. We go. So for 
just so you guys know, for UFC, uh, we'll be doing uh, the we're talking about the f- the five pay per view fights, and then we'll talk mm-hmm. the fight preview, and then we'll talk odds after the fight. So we'll no, I'm talking fight, odds at the odds, beginning, fight, just odds. to piss people off. No, <laughs> come on, Dave, you're banned. Uh, <laughs> so what Dave was trying to say for those of you guys that don't understand his English, um, we're gonna break down the fight on how we think it's gonna go, and then we're gonna give you guys our input on if you're gonna once we look at the odds on which way you might want to lean. And look, we're not saying that, that fighter is gonna win. What we're saying is for the odds that they're presenting, it's probably a good chance that you should bet on that fight because there is an ups there is maybe a potential upset. Because I can go through this. I'm going to actually go through this with Leon and with um, with uh, Usman. I'm going to talk about it. But let's talk about first the main event. Let's go right into it. Leon Edwards and Kamaru Usman. John, give it to me, buddy. Tell me. Tell everyone. Look. Tell everyone at home about what you have seen since the first time they fought and what you have seen now in terms of the progression. But also, when you look at the guys that that Usman has fought. And you look at the guys that Leon has fought and where they're at now, where do you where do you put them at? This show is brought to you by mybookie.ag. John, we've got some big fights coming up this weekend. And the fight that, of course, I'm looking forward to the most is Paul Costa versus my boy Luke Rockhold. We're going to break down those odds later on in this in this card. And I cannot wait to talk about this fight and these betting odds because there's a lot going on on these betting odds at mybookie.ag. Use our promo code WayneIn. They're going to give you a little extra spending cash when you use our promo code weighing in. And you guys can thank us later. We're going to take 10% of everything you guys make, okay? Just make sure you send it to us <laughs> through Venmo. We'll give you our Venmos also. That's right. But first, you guys, none of this can happen unless you guys go to mybookie.ag, use our promo code weighing in, and make sure you guys listen to our weighing in on the odds, man. That's how we all get rich. And we get 10% richer when you guys win. And that's what we're here to do. And mybookie.ag, use our promo code weighing in. Let's let's put them both where they belong. These are two of the best welterweight fighters in the world, no doubt about it. Usman is the best welterweight fighter right now in the world. And you're looking and saying, I think that first fight that they had, Usman came in. At that time, he was almost a pure wrestler. He was looking to take you down. He was looking to do ground and pound. He did not like to be on his feet for too long. And at the time, Leon Edwards... He didn't have crap for wrestling. His wrestling pretty much sucked. You know, he just didn't understand the, some of the basic concepts of how to stop someone, especially someone as good as Usman was in the wrestling. And he just got taken down time and time again, and he got mauled by a guy that, you know, he didn't understand how to get away from him. But that fight did a lot for Leon Edwards in that it changed. Leon Edwards, it changed the way he trained. It changed what he was going to do. And he became a damn good grappler. He became a good wrestler. He understands what he needs to do now. He's a completely different fighter, same as Kamaru Usman is a completely different fighter now than when these guys matched up, you know, how many was it? Ten, eight years ago? Seven years ago? Something like that. Something like that? I mean, it's been a long time, but it's. I, I've heard so many people, oh, Usman's going to run through him. I don't think he's going to run through him. Leon Edwards is too good of a fighter. He is fast. And, and this is one of the things that people, when you are a good wrestler and you want to time things, when you're facing someone that is dangerous in the stand up and really fast, 
it slows you down in making that move because you're not sure if you're being set up at that time, is this the right time? And and you hesitate. It's no different when Logan Storley fought, you know, Michael Venom Page. The one thing Logan, you know, we just spent time with Logan and, you know, I had talked to him before and he said, John, I've never, ever in my life, even in, you know, wrestling, you know, wrestling, you, you'll make moves and guys move fast. He goes, he was the fastest person I've ever seen in my life. He goes, he covered distance so fast and he was so quick with some of the things. He goes, at times I was like, I got to really be careful here with, you know, what I'm doing because this guy moves and, and he moves at a speed that I am not used to. I wasn't able to get people that could mimic this speed and I'm not quite used to it. He goes, man, it was a problem for me. That's, you know, that's Leon Edwards. He's, he's got that kind of speed too. So I look at this, it is a great matchup. You can't ask for a better fight. You know, both of them, you know, Usman has never lost in the UFC. I think Edwards has what one loss. He's got the, the draw with, uh, he's got three Bilal. What's that? He's got three. In no, he's UFC? got three losses overall. I'm saying in the oh, UFC. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In the UFC. In the UFC, he's only got Kamaru Usman, right? Balazs have no contest. Uh, oh, no, hold on. Go go back. He might have had one earlier. Claudio no. Silva. Okay, UFC. Claudio Silva. Was, I was in the UFC. Okay. Mm-hmm. Split decision. Okay. And so he's got two losses in the UFC, we'll say. Mm-hmm. But, man, he hasn't lost in a long time. That fight that he had with Bilal Muhammad said a lot. Because Bilal Muhammad's a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's got good takedowns. And if you look at the way that he was able to take Vicente Luque down, it tells you, look, Blah, Muhammad is good. And he, in that fight that, you know, he was having with Leon, he wasn't, it wasn't easy for him. He was having a hard time. Yeah, it got stopped on a, the eye poke and that stuff can happen. But the, I look at this, what, 10, this is, I want to say they're both on over 10 fight win streaks. I know, I know that you know Camaro is for sure, but Leon would be close. And so nine plus in no contest, so okay. nine wins and yeah. in a no contest. Yeah, you can't ask for a better main event. You can't ask for a better championship fight. I think it's you know as good as the UFC can put together in this weight class. This is everyone. I know everyone loves Colby, and Colby's you know fun to watch. This guy in Leon Edwards got more skill he may not be the wrestler that colby is but he's definitely a better striker and now his wrestling has come up and we're going to see how much it has against uzman because if uzman decides to be the striker in this fight he's making a mistake josh that's a mistake that he does not need to lead himself down to he needs to be the complete mixed martial artist use your wrestling you know how you've beat him before go back to that blueprint because it worked the first time I'm not saying you have to shoot them, you know, the same way, but somewhere in there, you got to be looking towards getting that takedown and ground a pound. Well, first, I'm going to talk about the fight. Okay, I'm going to talk about the fact. I'm gonna, no, I'm just going to talk about the fact that Kamaru Usman's wrestling pedigree is way better than Leon's. We saw that in the no first doubt. fight. There's no doubt. Okay, the striking I'm going to give to Leon, not just off the speed, but the ability to put the combinations together and not just boxing centric. Because if he gets into a boxing match with Leon, he's going to get pieced up. Now, I'm not saying with the power that Usman possesses that he can't knock Leon out. We saw Leon get hurt against Nate. 
So we know it can happen, but that can happen with anybody when you're fighting the top one and two guys, top yeah. one and five guys. That could happen with any of them. So you can't overlook either fighter. But Kamaru Usman right now, there's a couple little things that kind of concern me. Never has it been his talent and his ability to wrestle and now learning how to strike and put everything together. His fight IQ is probably some of the best in the game. Um, he He's with the right camps. You know, he's making sure he was with Sanford. Now he's with... Um, uh, he's Trevor still Whitman. training at Sanford. He is. Not as much. He goes, no, he goes back and forth. Yeah, not as much. But, uh, you know, and he's getting more one-on-one time, which is what he needs when you're the champ. You know, because a lot of people are scoping on you, always trying to figure out what you're doing. They're always trying to steal what you're doing. They're always trying to figure out ways to to beat you, game plan for you, those type of things. Um, and Kamaru Usman is very smart about all of those things. He did the right, he's made the right moves in his career. Um, John, the, they are completely different fighters, like we said, from the first time they fought. Leon is a lot better grappler now. He's a lot better defensive wrestler now. He's yes. a lot better at getting up off the bottom. His submissions off of his back are pretty damn good now, as well as his control and top control when he when he's on top. I would not be, just to be honest, I would not be surprised with his speed and his wit and his what he did to, um, who was the kid from Iceland? Hunter. Um, oh, no, Gunner. Gunner. Gunnar Nelson. Yeah. He was, and I know he was able to take, he was able to take Gunnar down at will, and that's different levels of wrestling. I get it. One's more comfortable on being on their back, that type of stuff. But I'm simply saying that was an, that was an evolution of Leon Edwards, of getting takedowns, controlling the top position, attacking the Kimuras, attacking submissions. Those are all things that he wasn't doing before his loss no. to Usman. Couldn't he, do it. He's, you could see the change in his attitude. The thing that, um, I'm going to go a little bit off uh, off track, but I'm going to go a little bit in a, in a direction that most people probably are not expecting me to, is that Usman right now is at the top of his game. Mm -hmm. But, John, when you get to the top of your game and you've had so many wins and so much success and you're the champion, it gets kind of lonely up there at the top, and you start thinking about other things, like the 205-pound division. He just did another interview talking about, no, no, I'm for real. I'm talking about going there. You've got, and I'm going to be honest, outside of Colby Covington, Leon Edwards is the toughest fight he's had since the last time he fought Leon Edwards. I look at everybody else that he's beaten, Masvidal, all these other guys that he's beaten. They're not on the level of Leon Edwards. Nope. Only Colby Covington is. And they're way different styles of fights. Yep. Way different styles on how you fight those fights. And so I, do, I don't want to, I'm not, I don't, can't count Usman out. No one's, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that at all. I'm simply saying, is he focused on the guy in front of him that he has already beat? Or is his eyes wandering to that next goal? And that happens. That happens quite a bit. People don't realize how difficult it is to stay the man. To maintain know, and that focus. To maintain. It's easy. And, and what you have is you have a hungry Leon Edwards who's been waiting and the UFC has been making him wait. He's like the pit bull that you've been had in a cage and just jabbing him with a with a stick getting ready to fight him. That's what he is right now. And Usman's Rocky in number three. That's what Usman is right now. He's like <laughs> the guy that came out who's getting ready to fight Clubber Lang. That's the feeling, that's the feeling that I get. You, you, can't, you can't flip the channel without seeing Kamal Usman without his shirt off. I'm a little jealous of that body, by the way. It was my understand. <laughs> little body. If I was looking like Kamaru, I might be, yeah, be just, shirtless. Just wear, wearing a jacket, too. Every day. Every, <laughs> I would be... Just a, a a sleeveless jacket all day That's along it. with it all buttoned down, gold That's chains. 
I'm I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. But John, am I right or am I? I mean, do you, do do people no. see what I'm saying or am I am I really just kind of am I being a negative Nancy? No, you're not being a. It, it, it is it's something that comes with being the champ, and it's it's difficult because again, we've said it before. You've got that target on your back. Everybody wants you, and you look at and there's going to be guys that get you excited. You know, I actually think that I actually think that Masvidal got Usman excited the second time too. He, he there was some. Uh, all right, I got something to prove here, and you saw it in his performance. You saw what happened, and I look and it's this is a guy he's beat already. Does he have that same motivation that he had after beating Masvidal once? Does he have that same motivation looking into Leon Edwards? For whatever reason, Josh, I don't know what it is. People tend to look past Leon Edwards. It's you know the UFC has looked kind of past him. It's it's I don't know if it's because he doesn't have the big bravado in the talk or anything like that. He's he's well mannered. He you know every now and then he'll open up his mouth and go after something he kind of did with Masvidal in the back of the one thing. But he just is that guy that people tend to like overlook. He's freaking good. Yeah. John, here you can say, look, Usman was motivated for for Masvidal because Masvidal was a big name. If I starch this guy, if I beat this guy, dominate this guy, then then the answer, like, look, the recognition comes with all this. The more publicity, the more the more commentary jobs, whatever it is, the more sponsors come in beating Leon, which is I've already beat him. Yeah. This is what I don't want to say. It's a, it's a gotcha fight. The motivation was there for Masvidal because of the name value after he beat Ben Askren, the name value was there, but fighting Leon, I've already beat him. And I'm, I know I'm looking for bigger goals. I'm looking for that two or five pound title. I'm looking to, to let them know that I can re- out wrestle them. I can dominate them. He wants to jump weight classes. Yeah. And by the way, I have a little criticism on that. He's like, hey, I've never seen anyone jump weight classes. Did you forget about BJ Penn? How he jumped multiple weight classes several <laughs> times? And he got yeah. wins in those weight classes too. I just wanted to say that real quick. But no, I love Usman. I just I get concerned that he's like, I've already beat him. I'm already looking at 205. A little bit. Leon hit a little bit. There's a little difference in his bravado, the way he carries himself now. He was, used to be very... Um, He's not cocky. He he's he's always used to be a little hum- bit more reserved. Reserved. There you go. He's not cocky. No. I don't know. Cavi- look, there's no look, he, confidence and first cocky. Off, he, he should he should be a little bit cocky. He's he confident. Be. Yeah, he's he confident. Should, he's he's that he's confident and he should be. Yes, but you you hit the nail on the head with the word reserved. He used to be a little more reserved. He used to yeah. wear you know more sh- more clothes. <laughs> 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 so, I love hey, some of it. I can't. I, love I can't blame him more. for that one, man. You no, put the time into getting that body. Go ahead and yeah. show it, baby. <laughs> yeah, so I think the two of them is going to make for, I think it's going to be a lot closer of a fight than people think. Yeah. Um, Leon's going to have to make sure he gets his hands back to back to neutral position, make sure he's defensive, not just be offensive. Um, he, I would not be surprised if Leon tries to get a takedown or two in terms of the exchanges. If he can get, because of the speed difference, which there will be a speed difference on the stand-up, if he can get Usman to throw, and react, or if he can, if he can faint and get Usman to throw, and then come underneath and get a takedown. The speed of the entrance, all of those things. I now I know the wrestling doesn't start until you get it on the hips. Okay, and Usman's fantastic in those areas, but don't be surprised if he's able to get one 
maybe two takedowns against against Usman. We have yet to see Usman on his back. Have you seen him on his back? Nope. I think he has a hundred percent, a hundred percent takedown defense. Uh, defense. Yep. Hundred percent takedown defense. But I would not be surprised if Leon doesn't try to put him on his back and make him realize that oh shit, this is for real. Early in the fight. And I'm not saying he's going to continue to do it the rest of the fight. I'm saying he's going to make him think about it early. If you're not taking me serious in this first round or second round, you're in for fucking a fight for five rounds. Yeah. That, and like, I start messing with the champion's mind. And I honestly, I do think it's going to go in those championship rounds. It will. I think it absolutely will. Yeah. Absolutely will. But look, let's before we move on to the next fight, let's go ahead and break down these weighing in on the odds. Let's see what my bookie has to offer. Ooh, what are they looking at right there? Minus 400. Oh, for geez. Kamara Usman and a plus, I, I've never seen it go to plus two ninety six. It's usually two ninety five or plus three hundred. Mm-hmm. It's a plus two ninety six. Okay, whatever. <laughs> that's uh, that's a new one for me. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, and it says the over or under is at four and a half. Mm-hmm. Over meaning it goes the distance. You're at minus one fifty eight, and the under is a plus one twenty nine. Well, there's a couple ways to break this down, John. I'm going to go ahead and bet, and like I said earlier before we started this, I'm going to bet on Leon, but that doesn't mean that I think Leon's going to win. What I think is that Leon's got such a chance of getting the win. He does it with the speed and the hands and the quickness. Yeah, I put $100 down to win 300 bucks. yes. Exactly. I'm going to take that bet. I'd rather take that chance and getting that win. The other thing as well, if Leon does win, you might as well bet a little bit of money on the under because he's going to have to finish him. I don't think he's going to win. I agree. Decision. I so agree. Those are the two ways I'm playing out on this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to bet maybe a hundred bucks on the win. Okay. For him and win the two ninety six, And I'm going to probably bet 50 bucks, 20 bucks on the under, you know, whatever it is. But I think that's the way it's going to have to go. If I agree with I'm you, I'm not wholeheartedly saying that Usman's going to win. I'm not, and you're and you're agreeing that you're not saying Usman's going to win no, either. I, Usman is definitely the favorite. And if you're going to ask me, look, who do you think is going to win the fight? Yeah. I think Usman has the best chance of winning the fight, but yep. don't count Leon Edwards out. Exactly, I agree with you because there's no way that I'm going to bet the mine. I'm not. I'm not going to bet four hundred to yeah, win hundred against. <laughs> I would just I'm rather not, gonna, not bet. I'm not going to bet that. Yeah, I'd rather not All right. bet. All right, let's go ahead and go into fight number two, which is Luke Rockhold and Paulo Costa. Man, there's been some talk about this fight. Luke is getting people fired up. I love that. <laughs> oh, John, John, John. Luke. A lot of talk about Luke is not sparring. Luke is not training hard. People, people. Luke Rockhold right now looks like a monster. Now, so does Paulo Costa. But Luke Rockhold looks as good as I have seen him. Josh, you've seen him in person. Right? Dude, yeah. he is in shape. He looks fantastic. He took a picture with Jason Perillo, uh, Mackenzie Dern, and Cheeto Vera. And I was like, he looked like he was freaking 230 pounds. And you told me that he was only like 10 pounds off weight. Yeah. I mean, he was right there already. So he looks fantastic. The whole thing with the sparring, Josh, is just ridiculous in that look. There, there are people out there that spar a lot. Sean Strickland being one. That's his way of training. But if you're going to ask anyone that is part of this world and and does training or trains people, they're going to tell you that's not the smart way of doing it. Now, there are guys that can do it and survive within it. Sean's one of them. Luke's not one of them. And Luke should not be doing a lot of heavy sparring. 
Luke should not be getting hit real hard when it doesn't count. He has already proved, look, he can he can work in the stand-up. He's going to have to work very hard in the stand-up against Paulo. Paulo has the advantage over him in the stand-up game. It, it's all going to come down to that wrestling. Can he use his wrestling to get the takedown against Paulo Costa, get to the top position? If he does get the top position against Paulo, he's got a very good chance of winning. He's phenomenal from that top position. So, great fight. Um, the reason why you talked about the sparring, because so people don't understand this, is that apparently there were some comments out by Michael Bisbing, who trains with him at Ruka, and the comment was, is that I have yet to see him spar. I, Dave, can you look up this quote? I want to make sure that I'm... But then it goes on to say... But that doesn't uh, mean it, that Michael is putting him down for that. No, 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 and that's exactly what it was. The quote stopped there, but people continue to say that, oh, is he's not taking it serious, he's not this... Bisbe, I don't. Re I didn't read the quote. The rest of the quote that said that that's what Bisbee said. All I saw was he had yet to really see him spar at Ruka. Well, let me. Re I want you guys to know he doesn't spar at Ruka. He spars at Sanford MMA, which is now <laughs> known as Killcliffe MMA. So he spars there, down in Florida, and he yeah. spars at AKA over there, where people that he has been sparring with his whole career are part of the conversation because they know what he is like when he is on. So he's getting breakdowns from them with the people he has worked with. See right there, look at him. He's going, look, I got a belly like Big John. So whatever Bisbing <laughs> said, that is not a dig from Bisbing to Rockhold. They're friends now. They, they, I wouldn't say they're buddy buddy, but they, they, they've worked together. They, they have the same coach. Yeah, they have the same coach. <laughs> I mean, like they're 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 very um, compatible. I guess you could say now at the Ruka facility, there is nothing that he said. That was a dig. It. Can you read, read it, to it me? off in English? <clears throat> yes. So Bedspang says um, in an English accent, I wasn't going to say any of this stuff. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't going to say any of this stuff. Me and Jason Perello are obviously very, very close. He tells me some things uh, and I don't want to betray the circle of trust. So to, uh, so to speak, but what, but what good is, what good is it me being on here and knowing all this stuff, but not seeing it? No, I'm not going to spill the beans. He's been training, but there's, been good days and bad days he hasn't been consistently pushing himself throughout it one of the things that jason says is obviously he's looking good here and good good here and there uh, but he hasn't been sparring enough sparring is key i think rockhold needs to spar i think he needs to blow off some of those uh, cobwebs and like i just said his sparring is not there at ruka <coughs> his work at ruka is mainly with Perillo to work on the techniques. He does the pads. light sparring with, with the pads, working on the drills, working on the techniques. That's what he that's where he cherishes Perillo's technique. You know, anyone that's gone and worked with Perillo understands he's a fucking mastermind when it comes to working with you on the on the mitts and really touching up your technique. Keep the right hand up. Okay, let's also, keep that elbow down a little bit more. Also very good at breaking down your opponents and where they Absolutely. make mistakes and have holes that you can take advantage of. And so it just was read in the in the headlines that clickbait shit that most people like to put, and if podcast Dave is a culprit of that in our clips <laughs> channel. Okay, is it's simply that Bisbing didn't say anything wrong. Bisbing did exactly what you know. Hey, his co what the concerns are. We'd like to see him spar more. And look, yep. and anybody during fight camp, you have your up days, you have your down days. Okay, it's it's fucking like your dick. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. 
This is how this shit works in life. All right, but the bottom line is he has been training. He's, he's done some sparring at Sanford. He's done some sparring at AKA. But on top of that as well, this is not the only training. He still goes to jiu-jitsu places and trains jiu-jitsu. He's still doing a little bit of wrestling here and there at some local facilities that he likes to go and wrestle at. He's putting in all the work. I, I want to see how his transitions are, though, from the striking to the wrestling to the jiu-jitsu. Because I have yet to see him in any training sessions, like how GSP used to do it. GSP didn't get to go to one place after he left Greg Jackson's or, or TriStar or whatever he's doing. He was bouncing from place to place to place. But you need to find a location at the very end of your camp to put it all together. And I haven't yet seen that from him, but maybe that's what he's been able to do with sparring. I agree with him not sparring. I agree with him not sparring every day. He spars maybe once a week or once every other week to get to figure out if he's made any advancements. But he's constantly, you can't look the way he looks. The same way with Paulo Costa. You can't look the way those guys look that lean, that shredded without putting in the work. That's they both right. look fantastic. Yep. They both look incredibly good. Now, I'm and looking just because Luke's my boy, I've got to talk about Paulo Costa as well. He looks phenomenal. Okay. Physically looks great. And on top of not just looking great, there's a lot of things that come to mind. I think he understood that speed's going to be a factor against Luke. Luke has a difficult time with guys that are fast. Michael Bisbeing does not doesn't have the most power. But it's no. about getting to the chin as fast as you possibly can against Luke. If you can get there, it could be over quick. And so he understood that. If he stayed bigger, he'd probably be a little bit fat. He'd be a little bit uh, slower. And that would give Luke an opportunity and a chance to maybe get this fight to the ground. Or when he did get taken down, it'd be harder for him to get up and carrying all that extra weight. Sure, he's physically strong, but Luke is the better grappler. Paulo Costa, I think, is the, the harder puncher, which I think is going to be evident. No but can he it. take Luke's can he take Luke's kicking? Because he had a hard time, was kind of flustered a little bit with Izzy's kicks. Yeah. Luke's got a very strong inside leg kick and body liver kick. Oh, he comes up, he comes probably up got, quick with that. Probably got the best question mark kick there is in the game. In the game right now, it's yeah. Fast yeah. and it, it is hard to detect when he's throwing it. And when he sets it up, when he sets it up, when he just throws it raw dog, it yeah, yeah. doesn't have the same effect. No. And Paulo Costa is not a tall guy. So getting that, getting not that as kick tall up as to Luke, the head. but he's, well, he's six. Paul Costa is six two. Is he really that tall? Yeah, he's six two. Can you look that up, Dave? Six one, six two. Has to be. I was thinking only six foot. I don't know why. Because Luke's six three, six pushing maybe well, six he's four. Six foot here. Let me check. <clears throat> yeah, I think <coughs> six two. There on Wikipedia is also six foot, so he's uh, not six one or six two. Because <laughs> Luke's 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 six three or almost six four. Luke's almost six four. Yeah. He's a tall guy. I would say Luke's um, six three. Yeah. And so that question mark kick may come into play. Um, but he's got to set it up with the hands. It's really gonna come down to, and I'm just gonna be honest, and I've said this for the longest time. If Luke does not implement his wrestling in his in his grappling, he's gonna have a long night. A <laughs> really long night. It's gonna be a very difficult night for him. The leg, inside leg kicks, the body kicks, all those things will be effective for about a round, round and a half. But as he slows down and as he loads up, Paul Costa is going to get the timing and he's going to be able to land some shots on him. Okay, And now whether he can take him or not <clears throat> after this long layoff, we're going to find out. That's why we fight the fight. But I really but, believe if this fight goes to the ground, Luke is leaps and bounds above him on the ground. But I'm a little gonna, bit. I'm going to say normally, normally I don't like a long layoff. I like the long layoff for Luke in this. 
He needed it. Yeah, he needed time away from the sport. He needed time to get his his head back in it. He needed time to clear his brain and, and allow it to recover from some of the damage that he had taken. So this is a good one, in my opinion, as far as the layoff. This was the right thing for Luke. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Absolutely, I agree with you. So, But let's go ahead and check and see what my bookie has to say about the odds. Mm, look and... at that. A big plus 260 for Luke Rockhold. He is definitely the underdog in this at minus 333 mm. for Paulo Costa. The over-under at one and a half, so the midway point is one minus 131 for the over and a plus 108 for the under. And it could it, look it could end in any round. So Yeah. This is Yeah, yeah. I would if I were you, I'd probably go on the under of a round and a half. Yeah. That's how I would go. Because I think if, if Luke gets him down, he could probably sub him in a round and a half. But I think also Paulo could clip him and finish him in a round and a half. Absolutely. I could also see Luke dropping him to the body with something. Paulo Costa's a dog. He'll take some punishment. He'll take those shots. Though he'll try to walk through him. But Luke's got a nasty, nasty lever kick, especially with that back leg and that southpaw position. So that'll make for a fun. It'll make for a fun fight. If I'm taking that bet, I don't bet on my friends. Yeah, so don't do it. So you just yeah. stay out of here. Yeah, I stay out okay. of this one. I'm going <laughs> to tell you right now. It. I'm being honest. Luke Rockhold has got a lot to prove, mm-hmm. but so does Paul Acosta. That's true. And, and and mentally going into this, I look at both. I think they're both coming in with the right attitudes, the right. You know, mental outlook, and to sit there and give me an ex-champion in Luke Rockhold at plus two sixty, I'm gonna go with Rockhold. It's uh, I'll put less money down to try to you know get something out of it. I'm not saying that Costa absolutely has ways of winning this and could walk away from this easily as the winner, but I'm gonna go with Rockhold. Interesting. All right, hey, let's move right into the next one, which is Jose Aldo versus Marab. How do you say his last name? Davishili? Davlashili. Davlashivili. Shivili. Dude, it's all that Georgian stuff because there's all kinds. Of, remember, remember I did the whole thing on the arm wrestling? That that, that guy's name yes. is Levon. Sagnashvili. Sagnashvili. This is horrible. I'm terrible at it. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of vilis in there. Yeah, there's a lot of vilis. <clears throat> Um, but Marab, Marab is like I love Marab as a fighter. This guy, you talk about a guy that is a a junkyard dog that just keeps coming forward and stuff. You know, this is his this is his moment right here. This is this is it. Yeah, this is his moment. I'm telling you right now. I'm not saying he's going to get the win. There you go. That's but I'm telling you, this is his moment because if he does, he has set himself up because he's had some big wins in the past already. And he is a he's a gamer, man. He comes after you. He will he will take shots. He's got very good takedowns. He is just a grinder on the top position. He does not stop. He doesn't get tired. But for three rounds, Jose Aldo's a beast, dude. <laughs> Those fourth and fifth rounds at this point always worry me when it comes to Aldo because he he slows down a little bit. He gets a little mm-hmm. bit tired and, and things. You know, might not work out for him that way, but he's got so much experience. He's so good still in the stand-up. He's so technically clean with the way he does things. I think that Marab is definitely going to get him down. It's the question of can he keep him down and how long does he do that for and how much damage does he inflict 
if he does get him down at that point. But I'm looking at Aldo in this and going, man, he's been looking good. And if he can get a win against Marab, it's putting him right where he wants to be. Uh, he's worked himself back into being that one of those top contenders. This is a great matchup at the Bantamweight. I mean, I, either guy could win, but I'm looking at it as, I don't know, somehow Aldo just keeps on singing to me. In three rounds, if it was five rounds, I think I would go with Marab. Mm. If it's three rounds, I think I'm going to go with Aldo. Yeah, I'm going to go with Aldo, and the reason why I'm going to go with Aldo is because he does this beautiful thing on when guys just, when he knows they're going to wrestle, he spins off of it. So yeah. he lets you shoot in, he gives you the single leg, he lets you shoot in, he hard wizards you off, he limp legs out, and he turns and faces you. So unless Marab is prepared for that type of takedown defense, it's not something you commonly will see in, in top-level wrestlers. You know, they'll usually try to square up hips, shove the head between the, underneath the, the belly button there and under the hips and sprawl and brawl. That's not what we're going to get from Aldo. Aldo's going to basically, <clears throat> he's going to let you get in on the single. He's going to give you kind of the single. He's going to hip and he's going to backstep with that back leg. Yeah. And he's going to basically limp leg out or he's going to sprawl you down a little bit. And then he's going to stand up and face you and try to knee your face off like he did with Chaz Mendez. <laughs> and this is the thing. In a three-round fight, I want to see Jose Aldo get started quickly with those kicks. That'll yeah. keep Marab at bay. With the takedowns, understanding that the knees up the middle and the kicks up the middle, as well as those calf kicks and those leg kicks, they are going to pay dividends on his explosiveness in the second and third round. If it takes Jose Aldo to the second end of the second or the third round to start kicking, it could end up going Marab's way. John, he's got to get started on those kicks early. When he, he has kicks, not, he has not done that in his last how many fights? No, no, he has. He started late though. And go, exactly. Go, go, he hasn't go started the, early. Yes, that's right. what I'm talking about. He hasn't started about. early. Yes, you're correct. Okay. But he's gone to him when, when that's what's changed the fight for him. As oh, soon yeah. as he went to the kick, he started working. It started Against changing. Against Pedro the Munoz. Take a look exactly. at what was happening there. Exactly. But started late with it. It was like, why were you not doing that earlier? But Yeah. No, I agree. It's almost like he needs his bones to warm up. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Uh, but let's go ahead and jump right into what see what my bookie has on terms of these odds here. And we're gonna go ahead and give you guys our best options of what we think you maybe should or shouldn't do. You well, guys can right, take our advice or not, but right right now Marab is the favorite at a minus one twenty one. Aldo coming in at a plus one hundred. The over at two two point five, so almost towards the end of the third round, is at minus two oh eight. The under is at two point five with a plus one sixty seven. Eh, can understand it. Yeah, if you guys, if you guys are me, I'm probably not betting this fight. But if I am, <laughs> if I am, I may put twenty bucks down on Jose Aldo. You know, I'm not going to go hundred or two hundred or or more than that. I mean, I'm not going to take the chance. Both of them could win. Both of them have a style that can win. I'm going to lean more towards Aldo because, like John said, in a three round fight. Aldo's got so much experience fighting the best guys in the world for so long. He'll find a way to get this win in a three-round fight. Five rounds, I would almost have to agree with you. The the level of wrestling of Marab, the tenacity, the aggressiveness, the conditioning, the cardio, all yep. of those things would have had me questioning whether Jose would have been able to get to the get through the five rounds. Um, this is going to go the distance. Uh, outside of maybe Aldo kick catching him with a body kick, you know, knocking the wind out of him or a body that ain't shot. Because he, he likes to hit that body shot. 
Rob's a dog though. So if yep. I'm doing this, I'm pretty I'm probably only going about 20, 25 bucks down on Jose Aldo. But make sure you guys do that at mybookie.ag where they give you a little extra spending cash for your first initial deposit and use our uh, promo code weighing in. All right, let's move on to the next fight. This will be the last fight on the main card, and this is going to be Marcin Tybura. Shouldn't versus... be the last fight, Josh. There's, oh, there sorry. Two more. Yeah. Oh, there should be two more. Oh, there's okay. two more. Yeah. Okay. Alexander Romanov. That dude has been walking through people, beating the shit out of the heavyweight division. Very tough dude. Good stand-up. A lot of power. But Marcin Tybura tends to be able to be the guy that he he goes out there. He takes big shots. Looks like he's starting to. The wheels are starting to come off the cart, and all of a sudden he comes back and he just turns the table and gets the win. I'm not too sure he's going to be able to do those same things against Romanov in this one. Romanov has been very, very good in the UFC. He's undefeated in his career, and there's a reason why the dude hits like a truck. He's going to walk forward. Yeah. It's going to collide in the middle. It's going to see who can take the shot. And I think Mar Marcin Turbura has taken, I wouldn't say too many shots, but he's taken a little bit more damage in his career than uh, Romanov. And so you're going to end up seeing the big tree trunk going down. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. I mean, this, but look, if we're going to, let's pull up my bookie there, Dave. See what these odds are on here. Oh, yeah. And that's why it's exactly the way it is. It plus, yes. plus 316 for Marcin Tabura and a minus 416 for Romanov. Yeah, I, I would. I can't. I, I'm being. I can't put money down on Tybura in this fight. I just don't think that his chin's going to hold up. Uh, Romanov just brings too much power. He's too accurate. He's he's too confident at this point in his career. Believes in himself. Uh, I think I would let this one go. <laughs> would so you wouldn't even take a chance on the four sixteen then, knowing that he's undefeated. Romanov's undefeated. Seems like Tybura is someone that will just walk forward. He will be able to run into some punches. You wouldn't put the four sixteen down to win a hundred. You, it's minus four sixteen for Romanov. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you would. That's what I'm saying. You wouldn't put four sixteen down to win a hundred. Uh, I hate putting down. When it gets that to that, I'm, I'm a coward. I admit it. If it's like, <laughs> if it's in the twos, I'll do it. When I have to, when I have to go, you know, minus two something. All right, I'll do it. Yeah. I go to, I go to the threes and fours, and it, but it's like, no, goodbye. No. I'm no, out. It's got to be later. a for sure thing, and it's never for sure in this yeah. sport. Never for sure. All right, well, let's go into the next one. Right, this one right here, Tyson Pedro. Yep, Tyson Pedro against Harry Hunsucker. Okay, here I will go with the 416 for Tyson Pedro. <laughs> ah, just being honest. Yes. This is Tyson so Pedro's fight. I, like, I'm just being honest. Nothing against Harry Hunsucker, but Tyson Pedro has got power. He's uh, he's a better athlete. I, I just don't see Harry having a, a much of a chance other than landing a, a lucky shot in it. It's just not a fight that's he's meant to win. I would have to agree with you, buddy. Uh, Tyson Pedro has been looking good as well, and uh, I think this that's one of those fights that I would probably do the same thing. What what are the odds on that fight there, buddy? So Tyson Pedro is yeah. minus, minus 769 versus plus 501. Again, don't touch Again. it. Again. <laughs> that's just the just way Just leave it, it alone. Yeah, those are the just fights you want to leave. Leave it alone. 
All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our weight on the odds for the main card. And we want to thank you guys for uh, tuning in to us on the, that section of it. But, hey, let's go ahead and pick out some of these fights that you maybe you're interested in, in watching on the prelim card. Very good fight between Leandro Santos and Jared Gordon. Jared Gordon coming off of being a hero and taking someone with a bat down and, and controlling the situation. But Leandro Santos, a lot of skill, great jiu-jitsu. Jared Gordon, just a solid fighter overall. He's going to want to keep this on the feet as much as possible. Um, but it's it's a it's a good matchup. This is a solid fight. It's, uh, it's I believe that is this the last prelim fight? There's a reason behind that. Mm. It's that good. But Sean Woodson and Luis Saldana. Yes, that's the fight I was just looking at. Sean Woodson is built so funky, dude. He is so tall for that featherweight weight class. Yeah. What they pull up six two six six, six one four? He's over six three. foot. I know, man. I was and thinking his six, three, boxing, six, four. his his stand up skills with his six, hands six, six, six two. Three. Yeah, dude. He he doesn't look like he's got any speed, but he covers distance beautifully. He understands the range, and he's very accurate with his mm-hmm. shots, man. I really enjoy watching him fight. He is fun to watch. And you know, kind of you talk you talk about tall, long, and lanky. Yes, there you go, boy. You've got you've got your man right there, and uh, that's a that's a really interesting matchup. Luis Aldana, good fighter, but I just love watching Sean Woodson fight. And then Miranda Maverick and Shauna Young. Yep, I like Maverick. Yeah, but she's coming back. She's, she's had tough. some tough fights though. Yeah, she's tough though. She's fun to watch. She's she makes mistakes. But that's what makes it She's fun, young. right, John? She She's is. young. You get a lot of these young, talented fighters. How old is Miranda just... Maverick? Pull it up, Dave. I want to know how old she is. Who is the other the other female fighter we watched? 25. 25. We watched that 20-year-old fight on Saturday, right? Oh, my God, yeah. And yeah. She was on the main card. and we were, we were all questioning ourselves, why are they on the main card? Boy, why? that was a hell well, of a we found out. We found out why. We found out why they were on the main yep. card. Yep. That was a great fight. Uh, any other fights on this prelims you want to see? I felt like they spent all their money on the top three fights. They so did, that... and I don't blame them. <laughs> so, no, exactly. I don't blame them. And I'm not mad at them. You guys, nope. I'm not mad at them. As long as I get nope. to see the fights I want to see, man, which is These are all freebies about. anyways. That's okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk in what? UFC 278, correct? 278. Yep. All right. Because oh, we're wow. at 280, baby. 280. We've passed. We see we passed have them. already passed, passed them. the UFC. I'll let you know. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go ahead and talk about some news. How about Dave? You jump into that for us, bud. Yeah. So we got this first fight right here. Dumb, hey, say it, say it with a little bit more energy, please. Can you say it with some energy? John yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. This first fight right here: <laughs> Dominic Reyes versus Ryan Spann is official for UFC 281 in November. Nice. nice. Very nice fight, and a good a good match for I believe a very good match for Dominic Reyes to come back on. Uh, Ryan Spann, for the most part, likes to stand up. Dominic Reyes likes to stand up. He might, you might see him use some wrestling and stuff, but this is this is the kind of fight when you've had that layoff that Dominic Reyes has had. This is the kind of fight that I like to see them come back, match him up with someone that does something similar to him. Ryan Spann, tough dude. Uh, I think Dominic overall a little bit better overall, but I, I'm kind of a homer in this because I've been watching Dominic since he was an amateur. And uh, I enjoy watching him fight, but this is a really this is a good matchup. Yeah, huh? I'm interested to see how Dom looks when he gets back. That's what I want to really see. I want to see is he hesitant on the feet? Is he been working on new things? 
I mean, that, he's got a big body frame. Him on top of somebody, if he can learn how to wrestle and grapple a little bit and get to those top positions, just have a couple submissions in his back pocket. Use that leverage you have. Luke Rockhold is a f- fantastic grappler, but he knows how to use his leverage because he's so long for the weight class. If Dom can start to figure that out, different types of Kimuras, because you're so long and you have the leverage you possess with you know your long limbs, Learning how to, when you get to mouth on someone, you know, leg ride them or grapevine them out. So it makes it easier for you to really stretch them out and make them make them carry all your weight. Little tiny things that make a big difference when you're talking about a three-round or a five-round fight against someone who's explosive. Especially yeah. like someone like Ryan Spann. On the feet, he's dangerous. Dom is dangerous as well. But if this fight hits the ground and Dom's on top, if he's got a little bit in his back pocket that can hold him down and make him carry the weight, this is a different fight when they get back up to the feet. Yeah. Because we know Dom can go hard for five rounds. We know he can. Yep. So it's, you know, him coming back after a layoff, it hasn't been as long as Rockhold's. It's been, what, a little over a year, I think? More than July of last year. Yeah, it was July of last year. So, yeah. So it's July of last year. That's, I mean, that's, that's still a long time, but. It's, he probably started training for this fight sometime in May or June. You know, started well, getting himself back on track and been training. He's been, he's been switching it up, going different places. He was at Extreme Couture for a while, sparring with Sean Strickland and Got a couple it. different guys there and stuff. But he's been doing good, from what I've been told. So good. I want to. I want to see him come back. He's he's yeah. a likable guy. Super nice guy. Big big fucking guy too. By yeah, the way. tall, long, <laughs> six eight, lanky. right? Six eight. No, no six four. Well, no, no, yes, no, no. Yes, Dom Reyes yes. is taller than 6'4". Six, six, look that up. Six, four. You're saying 6'4"? Six, six, I'll say 6'6", 6'6", six, 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 or 6'8". I got him confused yeah, with somebody else. 6'6". Six, six. Six, 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 six. Six. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Who was the other tall guy? <laughs> Looked out on that one. There was Gus. Gus was 6'5". Six, yeah, 6'5". Six, five. Six, five. Yeah. So you got Dom, you got Gus. God, there was another tall guy, I thought. Not Santos. How tall is Anthony Smith? Six two? Six four. Six four. Okay, okay. Maybe it was him. Six four. Maybe it was him. I don't know, man. All right. Well. All right, next. Uh Shane Burgos parts ways. We are rather tested free agency and then went to P same with PFL. And yeah, this is this one right here is one that the UFC screwed up. Cause he wanted to stay. And obviously it was the you know, the pay difference and and you gotta God bless Shane Burgos for being smart because this is about taking care of your family, getting all that that you don't, you know, when your fighting career is done, you could have put stuff away, invested money. You know, look at Dana White says big mistakes were made over here in letting shit. Yep. I, I agree with Dana. That was a guy you wanted to keep. Now, the one question is, Josh, and we talked about this, Shane Burgos is big for 145 i mean massive and the one thing that the pfl can do that is difficult is it makes you fight not back to back but you know you're a you're going from one fight to the next you're not really getting a chance you know it can be a six week window or so that you're fighting within and so is that weight cut going to become difficult for him i don't i don't think he's ever uh missed weight before but he is a big 145er, and I'm just wondering, is that going to cause him any problems? But I think it's a smart move for him. You, you've got to go where you are going to benefit the most with your pay. 
and you know he's had a great run in the UFC. It's time to go make big money, and that's what the PFL is going to pay him. So good for him. Can you click on him and see how old he is? <clears throat> I think thirty-two. Dave, I, I realistic. I believe honestly, their contracts are season by season. Thirty-one. He's thirty-one. 31. Yeah. John, he may come back. Yeah, he absolutely could. He wins this thing, he'll be a multimillionaire, and he comes back and he does what Anthony Johnson did. Yeah. Instead of paying me this, I want you to pay me this. Now I've got a now I've got a world title on my name that you yep. can market that your guys <clears throat> can potentially say that they beat. Yeah. That's it. <clears throat> well, you know, and it's you're gonna get a lot of people anytime someone leaves the UFC and goes to another organization, oh, they suck. Okay. <laughs> First Shane off, does not suck. No, he does not. Okay, the dude is a stud, and you know the whole thing of yeah, you have people that have gone and there's good competition everywhere, and Shane could lose. But I tell you, and, and we talked earlier. I said the 145s in the PFL. That's that's their that's where they have the best talent. You know, you're taking a look at guys like Chris Wade mm -hmm. and. Brendan and Bubba and you had Lance Palmer before and all the guys. 145 is is they're deep. That's that's where they're deep. But the, he fits right in there. I th I think he's going to go in there and do well. Yeah, he'll have a problem with that. Uh, the one Russian that beat Chris Wade last yes. year. That's yeah. not in it this year. If if he yeah. comes back, yeah. if he ends up re-signing with them and comes back, I think he'll have a problem with him. Moldvid. That would go ahead. Moldvid. Yeah, whatever his name was. That's his. That's his first name. I can't say his yeah. last name. <laughs> yeah, he he he's a stud. He's good. He's got a little bit of a problem, I think, with Chris Wade too, because Chris Wade's a dog. He's getting better. Bubba, he Bubba may be a little intimidated by his striking, but Bubba could take him down. He's gonna have to work for it real hard. And but can he yep. hold him down? That's the next question. Right. Shane is like you said, is big for the weight. He possesses power. He's got yep. a great chin, and he will come forward and try to implement his will on you. He will try to bully you around that cage. And I think it was good for him to leave now. At 31 years old, say he fights there for two years, two seasons. He comes back at 34 as a multi, multiple-time uh, champion or even just one time. Yeah. Now that makes him even more marketable to come back into the UFC and say, hey, I won this title over here, and now you want to say your champion is better than these, these guys' champion or my title over here. Why don't we find out? And who knows how that how that featherweight division shakes out in a year or two, you know, when he's gone. Yeah. And the other thing as well is that he won't be taking the amount of damage that he that some of these guys in the featherweight division will be taking by fighting the who's who every single time. You're not fighting that like, with him. He's ranked in the, I think in the top twelve or something like that in the one forty five pound division. He's gonna be fighting those guys for the next two years if he if he ever gets to a title shot. He might as well go make all that money for two years, come back, and then make a run at it right towards the end. Makes sense. And I bet the UFC would pay him more if he ends up winning a title over there. If he wins the a title there, I think he can come back to the UFC and make more. He'll make more. But absolutely. I think Dana I think Dana was absolutely right in saying we blew it as far as it should never have gotten to the point where he had the chance to test the free agency. They should have signed him earlier. But every young fighter, if you guys are in your, you know, 29, 28, if you're not ranked at number, if you're not ranked in the top five by the time you're 28, 29, 30, 
go do what he's doing. <clears throat> Bellator holds million dollar tournaments. PFL holds million dollar tournaments. Go test it out. Make a lot of Have money. Have fun. Make that money. Yeah. Come back. But they don't get the fight as often elsewhere as well, right? Because <laughs> wasn't um, didn't Juan Archuleta just put out something about how he doesn't get to fight that often, or basically like kind of alluding to that, like how he doesn't get to fight that? Okay, so, stop right PFL there. Also. Yo, stop. Do me a favor. Pull up Juan Archuleta's damn fucking record. He doesn't get to fight that often. A, a promotion like the UFC, like Bellator, like the PFL will guarantee you three fights a year. They're going to say, we will give you, we must give you three fights a year. Now, you can turn those down so you get less, but to sit there and say, you know, how many fights or anything? Well, 2021, 2020, 2020, it's still 2022. I know he's got a fight coming up, so he's got two fights, two fights, two fights. Eh, I can understand why he wants a little bit more, but you know, 2019, one, one, two, three. I can't see the bottom one. It's got some ad there. You're killing me. 2018. So 2018 before. So we had three fights in 2019. Sorry, not going with it. Scroll down again. Okay, so um, let's go back up again. There you go. His record. All right. So if you want, if if you want fights. There was logs. There was lags in here when he lost to Batriki, and then he wanted to get an automatic title shot. He didn't get that, so he waited for that. Then there was lags in there. Then he fought Henry Corrales, which let me remind everyone was one of the most boring fights I've ever seen in my life. And I love, and I love me some Henry Corrales, and I love me fucking Juan Archuleta. I yeah. like both of them a lot. Love them. Okay. And then his fight with Patchy Mix. Depending on how you looked at it, Great fight. I viewed it as a, I viewed it as an entertaining fight. Great fight. I thought it was an entertaining fight. Great fight. People didn't, some people didn't like the way the fight shook, shook out, but he got his ass kicked for two rounds and he came back and dominated the three rounds, you know, yep. and then very impressively on the feet and did a great job. Uh, Mix had his back for the first two rounds and should have finished him a couple times and just couldn't get it done. Good but overall, it was, to me, I thought it was a great fight. Then he just got totally dismantled by Pettis, by Sergio Pettis. Got dismantled. And then and he Rafael also got Stotts. injured. He broke his foot and stuff. So there's yeah. going to be time, time off. Yeah. So then on top of that, then he fought Rafael Stotts, you know, and, you know, and he was winning that fight up until he got clipped. I mean, it was close. Was good I, had him, I had him slightly. Yeah, he was looking really good up in that fight. No, nah, he was looking really good. He was winning. But, that compl fight. but complaining about you don't get enough fights. Look, dude, they've got they've got 300 something people else on their roster. They've got to fight also. And then if they've offered you a fight at all, they can go ahead and extend you. And it's no different than any other organization. UFC. PFL, and PFL, you miss, you miss. Like you, you have to wait till next year. No, <laughs> you know, like if you're missing, if you're missing the weight class, if you're missing the the tournament fights, you're out, man. You're out. Just lost your money. So I guess you could just argue there that it's just there, there's less, there's much less shows, right? When you have like similar size stages in PFL or Bellator, but they have much like they just Bellator almost doesn't do anything in the summer or over the Christmas holidays, and then PFL, yeah, you, like you you're said, gonna it's fight seasons, so. Yeah, you're gonna fight. Yeah, they're right. You're right. You are right with that. Look, with with Bellator, um, the summers, and I think for a lot of promotions, the summers they try to slow it down. At least we, the UFC used to. Now they have to guarantee ESPN a certain amount of shows. But there's no the summer, slowdown with the UFC. Yeah, they they used to have to slow it down because June, July, and August are slow are on months. Vacation. Yeah. No one watches. Very rarely do people tune in. The numbers are so low during the summer, and so uh, and then the same thing with January. 
January. That's why the UFC normally has one show. They might have a small show now in January. And the same thing in December. They have usually one big show or like one big pay-per-view because they know that everyone's spending all their money already. So let's just have one show, you know, and then they do a bunch of free shows now. It all used to change. I mean, it, it all did change. <clears throat> um, but that's how, that's the, that's the, the game plan, I think, for a lot of these promotions right now because it's slow during the summer. So, anyways, how slow um, is it? How, how slow it's is kinda, it? It's like pretty slow. T- product because it's super because, slow. You know, UFC and WWE both run through the summer, and like those are popular because of the content that they're putting out. So, is it is it the quality of content that's affecting uh, viewership in the summer? No, I want it? you. I want you to watch. I want you to actually look at their actual TV ratings and see how they dip during the summer, especially like July and August. From the 4th of July, pretty much from Memorial Day weekend to Labor Day weekend, it's kind of dead. But it slows down, but it drastically slows down between July and August because a lot of fam- families are taking their kids on vacation through August. So the TV, now everyone can kind of stream it. school's starting up. Yeah, so they're going on vacation for school. They're going to the Grand Canyon. They're going to... Texas, they're going to Florida. Don't go with places you're they're, going. They're going all these places, right? <laughs> but I'm saying, like, they're going, you know, they're going all these different places because their kids are having to return to school. And then during that July, for, from 4th of July on, it's kind of slowed down. And then it picks back up once the kids get back in school, you know, it kind of gets slow again around Labor Day weekend, but then it goes back up to picking up. Once the kids get back on a routine, once families get back on, okay, the kids are back in school. I have to work until five, pick up the kids from daycare, pick up the kids from sports. Okay. It's, it's on a routine. Everything is based on go home, just watch TV. Kids are doing homework. I either watch fights. It's on a routine. All right, let's move on next. All right. You guys wanted to dialogue a little bit on this bow knuckle situation. I know there was quite a few things about it. Um, Brennan Schaub <laughs> said his piece. Luke Rockhold said his piece. Uh, as he's, or bow knuckle said, talked about Izzy. So uh, I guess you guys can kind of just pick up whatever you want. Well, what, okay, so go ahead and tell us. Can you read out what, what uh, Luke Rockhold said? Um, what, did, what did Shab say? Um, Shab had said how he, this was basically like the biggest star that the UFC could pick up right now. Uh, I know that he technically hasn't signed. Um, he did a Dana White show. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like the biggest star that the UFC have the opportunity with in a long time. Um, and, you know, Brennan's good at talking things up and he really he really like when i heard him talking about it, i was like oh okay i better go i better go find out what the deal is here so no uh, okay let's let's, let's go we we have our show the five round main event and one of the fights that i told you hey you know you you had a thing which fights are you looking forward to bo nickel you know and it was uh barago was the was his opponent i go look bo nickel's the real deal bo nickel is a phenomenal wrestler out of penn state and he has been working as a fighter for the last several years look american top team dan lambert opened up an att in happy valley there college station excuse me what am i which one i'm I'm screwing up at penn state right outside of it because of bo nickel all right the the guy is gonna be something dana knows he's gonna be something this whole thing with oh dana didn't sign him from the dana white contenders thing stop okay dana's already taken care of that they know that all he's trying to do is get him more fights before he gets into the ufc the guy can wrestle his ass off and will wrestle most guys ass off in the cage and he can also hit submissions he can also you know smack people around he's good 
but to put him in the position of right now that um, he can beat Izzy, big difference. Big difference. And nothing, nothing against Bo Nickel and the amount of competition that he's done, but he has a not, he's not in any fashion in the MMA world has he experienced the things that he needs to experience to take on someone like Izzy at this point? You know, maybe in a couple, maybe, you know, three, four more fights, maybe that's all he needs. But, you know, is Bo Nickel good? Bo Nickel's good. Is he, you know, the second coming of Christ? No, but he's a, he's going to be a great fighter. No doubt about it. And and the UFC is, is they've already got him signed. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's brilliant what Dana's doing. He understands what kind of talent he is. He understands how marketable he is. Um, it's not very often you get a, a talented, good, good wrestler who can talk on the mic and has already started working towards his progressions of um, submissions and wrestling together and is a ginger. I mean, let's be real. I can market a ginger. It's the easiest thing I can do. It's not like he's not going to be recognizable walking through the crowds. And I, what I love about him, honestly, there's no hate. He is people. These fighters got to stop hating on him. He's got three fights. Leave the freaking guy alone. Even my yeah. boy Luke, man, Luke, I love you. We shouldn't even have this conversation. Let the kid enjoy his moment. These moments on the Dana White Contender Series. He will be. He will eventually get towards the top. But you will be long gone, Luke. Same with yep. some of these other guys. Izzy might be even be long gone by the time he gets there. <laughs> Is he might that's how that's how long it's gonna take this kid to get there. It's gonna take him some time. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna need that division is good, and, and the majority of the good wrestlers like he is will be able to get there a little bit faster. But I think Izzy and Luke, Izzy will be maybe still lingering, maybe in the two oh fives by then, to be honest. Yeah. And Luke, I think, will be gone. I think, you know, a couple fights, I think Luke may be gone in about three or four fights. This is never gonna happen. I don't know why people are throwing so much shade towards him. Young guys like this, I look at him a little bit like, uh, what's the other kid? The kid, uh, Sean O'Malley. Of course they talk big, but this is what gets them some money. This is what yeah. brings a little bit of notoriety. But Bo, Bo's got a good wrestling background pedigree. Not only that, he's learning the submission game. He's dominant from the top position. The guy he fought was nowhere near on his level. We all know that. The betting odds on him was what? Minus 1,100 or 2,200 yeah, or something like that. You know, but let's not forget, they just had betting odds on Pat Downey's last fight, too, when he fought in Bellator, was minus 4,400 or 4,800. Oh, sorry, 7,500. The <laughs> biggest betting odds ever in history, difference in betting odds ever. So it's like, look, he he understands what he has. And I've met him a couple of times at some of, like, DC had a, a party for something, and he came with a couple of other guys. And he has a swagger about him. He has a marketable swagger about him. And all you, these top-level fighters need to leave him alone. Let him do his thing. Let him build it up. Let him bring there more notoriety go. to your weight class, by the way. Yeah. Because, you know, like that's what he's doing. He's letting everybody know that you guys are on notice. But guess what? You're on notice in like two years, three years. So just sit back, watch what he does, and see if you can beat him. If he does get there, which I think he will end up eventually getting to the top. It's just going to take him some time. This isn't going to happen. Look how long Aaron Pico... To me, Aaron Pico is a better wrestler than him. Okay, he is Maybe a better wrestler than him. Aaron Pico is a better wrestler than him. But I mean, different weights. But but when it came when it came down to the fight, look what Aaron had to go through 
to understand how much more serious he had to take it. This isn't wrestling. And Aaron's made those changes. Pico's made those changes. And look at where he's at now. He's a fucking savage. He is a savage on the ground. He's a savage on the feet now. He's been a savage on the feet. He just He's now learning how to put it all together with his wrestling and submissions and his striking. Bo Nickel is going to need that same amount of time. Give him the time, and you're going to see, I think, someone who's great. You're going to see someone special. You're going to see a special fighter. Now, yep. I'm not simply, I'm not going to put him up at the pedestal just yet, like John was saying, but I'm going to put him up there in terms of he's got this, this, the, the he's ceiling. He's got the it factor, baby. Yeah, he does. He has the it he factor, does. and and the and to get to the ceiling is it's 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 there. Like the ceiling's so high on him. Uh, all right, next. <clears throat> all right, last thing we're going to talk about mm-hmm. is uh, the pay from this past weekend. So there's a uh, some backlash in Dana White uh, based on the pay that came out from UFC San Diego. Uh, I don't want to read that headline because it's kind of, you know, not something. But who said it? Who said that headline? Uh, it came from a fan. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, but there was like a bunch of stuff like that. Um, so yeah. uh, basically people saying they're not happy about Dana White and the way he's paying fighters. So I don't really like... I don't really that the comment um it doesn't really make sense right because you look at someone like an angela hill who got one hundred ninety thousand, and you know yeah. she's not the one selling that show this past weekend just just being honest um and then um what was the other one john uh gerald mearshart at one hundred forty-six thousand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then of course wow. chio walked away with 300 yeah but they had to win <clears throat> you know all three of those have someone in common they all won so- there is another piece of this I want to throw in the mix. Um, back to Josh's boy, who seems to be really vocal right now. He's he made this comment, which I actually think is really interesting. Normally, I don't agree with fighters complaining about money, but he says the valuation of the company has gone up by fucking billions of dollars, and we're stuck at fifty thousand dollar bonus checks. Uh, which which interesting comment that kind of ties in with this whole fighter pay thing. Okay, so it does and it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't. I agree with Rockhold on this situation. The 50 grand is bullshit. It's like, look, with the amount of money that they're raking in, I would say, John, let me go ahead. I'm, I'm listening, I'm listening. I would say, I would say, <coughs> look, 50 grand is 50 grand. I get it. Hello. 50 G's, 50 G's, baby. I get it. But it should be more. In terms of the bonuses. Now, in terms of the fight, fighters pay. Look, you guys knew what you guys were signing. I've said this over and over. You signed the contract, you and your manager said it was a good deal, and now you're now you're going to complain about it, which none of these fighters are complaining about it, by the way. I don't think any of these fighters, I haven't heard one of these fighters complain about what they're making. But I'm simply saying, fans, if you guys are at home, you guys are sitting here picking fights, you know, on the internet about who they should be getting paid more, and, and this is, you know, like slave labor and all this stuff. These fighters are getting to live their dream. They love what they do. They don't have to work in a cubicle, probably like half of you guys complaining for them. Or they're not out there. They're not out there pounding concrete, you know, doing that type of shit. They're in the gym, having fun with their buddies, training, getting better at what they at their craft. This is what they want to do. This is what they want to do. So when I, I look at this, also, John, and in, in terms in other ways, I'm I'm a, I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I'm a diehard Kansas City Chiefs fan. Patrick Mahomes is making millions. Hello, millions. Is everybody on that team? No. And when you look at, I want, I, I, I've never sat down and done this. Maybe I will try and break down what the difference in pay is for him versus the difference in pay for the ones that are on the practice squad. Oh, that's difference my point. in pay. That's what I'm saying. So per per, you know, and when you break it down, 
are we looking at what the numbers are we're looking here? Yeah. They're all they're all on the team. The practice squad still helps. Still helps get that that though that team ready. Still helps those players every single day have someone to drill with, have someone to run plays on. I mean, so what's the difference in ratio? I want to check and see. You have someone who's making, let's say, you know, I don't know, let's say Nate Diaz is making a million dollars. Okay. And then the other ones down here, I see a couple on here for 12 and 12, it looks like. You know, a couple of them made 70 and 70, a couple made, 10, you know, they're, they're getting a little bit extra cash. 24 and, tw- yeah, 12 you, and 12 you had the, to win. You had the, the two ladies that were on the main card in Yarugi and Lucindo. Yasmin Lucindo and Yasmin Yarugi. Yarugi made make? 50K, 25 and 25. Okay. While, while Lucindo got 12, meaning she was going to get 12 and 12. Yeah. She's 20 years old. Yeah. That was her first fight in the UFC. And that's their normal thing is, you know, unless you come in on the contenders, which is even less, mm-hmm. you know, she's, she, that's not a bad, you know, come in. She's not the one that people are coming to see. But now after her fight, you know, she fights another fight like that. This is how you end up getting more money, and it's like you're not going to just start off getting money. You, when you're looking at some of these, Josh, you're looking at fighters that have been there. You know, the Angela Hill. How long has Angela Hill been in the UFC? She's Ever been there since a long time. Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey did the tough, and she was on that show. You know, basically as a Muay Thai fighter, she's been there ever since. She has answered the bell every time that they've needed somebody. She jumps in all the time. And so, take yeah, this, her pay. Take this into consideration, John. She jumped in on short notice for this fight. Thank you. And so you look and you go, yeah, and she deserves all of it. I'm happy for her. Yep. You know, talk about equity of pay. Well, you know, people are upset that she made more than Dominic Cruz. She won. I'm sorry. You know, yeah. I, I, 190K. Congratulations, Angela Hill. You deserve every cent of it. You know, Nina Nunez, 80K, 40 and 40. Hey, you know, yeah. I I look at it, you know, Mowgli, 100K, 50 and 50. How long has he been in the UFC now? Yep. So, yeah. you know, it's you can take a look at some of the ones with less and say, that person's only been in the UFC. This is their first fight. This is their second or third fight. Look, do I do I want to see fighters making more money? Always. You know, but to sit there and say that this is bad, it's not bad. No, it's not bad. Like I was trying to split the difference. I think the bonuses should be more. Okay, and I, and I look but at the bonuses. Bonus. It would be yeah. nice to sit yeah, there would, and say exactly. the bonuses are more. Exactly. But no one guaranteed anyone. That's just them saying, "Hey, we're going to give these out for mm-hmm. you have fight of the night, you have you know performance of the night." So I'm like, "Hey, fifty k, baby, I love yeah. it and do it." But you know, it's a matter of. Sure, would I like to see it a hundred? But it's not coming out of my pocket. It's coming out of their pocket. I'm not saying they can't afford it. I know they can afford it, but it's, I, I look at other fight promotions. I don't see them giving out those bonuses. Yeah. So, well, just so everyone understands, though, too, is that just because they give out the 50k bonuses, every single time I got home, I got a check. It was a separate check. So, some of them were worth a lot, and some of them weren't as much as I would like them to be, but they were still worth <laughs> a lot. And that was every single fight. That was every single, all, even the ones I lost, I still got money. I still got checks. So, what you see on this on paper, and it's no different it's not from not always like the, everything. No, it's not. And what you see, like, people are like, oh man, you fought in Bellator for like 10 grand. 
Dude, I wouldn't get out of fucking bed for ten grand. <laughs> get the Josh, fu- you I did. You I fought Bellator for ten grand. You showed me the check. I, I know it's a fact. I didn't leave the UFC <laughs> making what I was making at the UFC, and what you guys saw in the UFC wasn't what I made either. Just so you guys are aware, and that's the thing. A lot of these fighters, they're they're making more on the backside that you're not seeing, and so when it's reported, same and that, with Bellator, it, and yeah. and that's you know, people think that. The, you have no idea. Bellator pays some people a lot of money, but it's no one's business. This whole yeah. thing right here, you know, the fact that Dana does pay. If you think Dominic Cruz is just getting the 175, okay, I have some incredible beachfront property in Kansas that I can sell <laughs> you right now. Okay. People, he's, trust me, like Josh is saying. There will be a check, and it'll be a sizable one. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Is it anybody's business what uh, you make, Josh? Is it anybody's no. business what I make? You know whose business it is. PAs and Elaine's. That's it. Yeah. That's the yeah. way it is. I love Miss McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they're the ones Ms. that take it. Also, <laughs> yeah. All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap us up today. Let's go to WayneInPodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch. we got this new shirt that just dropped out, too, by, uh, what is it called? The guy who Rebellion designed Rebellion or Rebel Lion. Rebel Lion. I want, I want to keep I like saying. That. Yeah. I like that. Rebel Lion Good or play. Rebellion. Is it Rebellion? Rebellion it's Artwork. Re- rebellion. It's yeah. Rebellion Artwork, and rebel then it's Lion. Rebel Lion Artwork. I like yeah. that. They've, they've, uh, they did our five rounds uh, main event design as well check them out uh great work and they've also designed our two shirts on there for a five round main event t-shirt and our new shirt which is what is it called 10 8 10 9 or 10 9 10 8 yeah where ten, josh is ten, ten, ten josh ten, just ten, dishing out 10 8s to big john all day long just uh, dishing out 10 8 that's right i'm ten. winning 10 8 thank you very much gosh that's not how it works buddy you know that gosh <laughs> i thought you knew better you wrote the rules I don't come know on shit. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. We try to come with the right energy. Um, it's not four in the morning or five in the morning when we normally yeah. film. We're filming it at night. Do it at normal time. Yeah, and I just got some food in me, so I'm feeling a little pumped up. And, uh, hey, want to make sure you guys understand, when you guys go to our channel, hit the subscribe button. Some of you guys have been watching our stuff and not hitting subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Thumbs up. And also on our link channel with the script, the pres- description down below. Prescription, hit that, description, prescription. Same hit thing. that, hit that link down below. Takes you to um our shorts channel. Hit that subscribe button there. All right, guys, thank you so much. And John, take us away. For everyone watching, thank you for tuning in. We hope you have fun. Good luck if you are going to bet on either the PFL or the UFC that's coming up. A lot of stuff going on. Be kind to someone out there. Have a good night, and we will see you.